Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1335 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Tuesday, October 25th. And today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to, and they help you to do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. And also, as we always do on the podcast, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast across podcast platforms and make it your first listen each and every day. Check us out at Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and also on the video side over at YouTube. Today's show is going to be myself and Tyler Jones. We recorded the show on Monday. Keep that in mind. Nothing really should have changed. The Hawks were off on Monday from practice before returning to the uh, Emory facility on Tuesday in advance of their road trip to Detroit and beyond a five game trip cover that in detail on Sunday evening's podcast a breakdown of what was a maddening loss for the Hawks against the Hornets at home but we had we've had actually six shows in the last like seven days or so even before this one so a full archive to catch up on at this point in time but please subscribe to the podcast and after the intro I'll be back with myself and fan favorite Tower Jones you are locked on Hawks your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day. I am joined once again by my friend and uh, often co-host Tyler Jones. Hello, sir. How are you? The Phillies, Brad. Oh, no. I, I was wondering if it was going to be Phillies or Braves or Falcons or what, what we're going to do here at the beginning. But uh, I mean, you know, Falcons don't have a quarterback that can throw a pass. They threw, the Falcons threw 13 passes yesterday, and they were the whole game. I called him Marietta. Mariota cannot deal with a pass rush. That's that's the issue. It's like you know, from the from what I'm seeing, it's like I'm pretty sure he's fine in practice, but in the game situation, like he just cannot handle it, and so he's not processing the field properly. But that's football, baseball. Uh, the Phillies doing well. That hurts because they're not even. I don't even think they're, they're that good of a baseball team, but like they, it's it's the playoffs, and it typically just comes down to who's hot, and like nobody can get their guys out now. So it's all true. It's all true. Um, but alas, we have stayed on brand by talking about everything else. But it's it's time for some Hawks talk. Three games in the books. The Hawks are two and one. If that's all you knew, you'd be like, all right, they're playing they're playing fine, and it's not been too bad. You know, I was uh, predictably trying to get people to not panic over the loss on Sunday. Um, I guess that was sort of a uh, fruitless endeavor. People were pretty mad after the game on Sunday. It's only the third game of the season. It is what it is. But um, I wonder how you're feeling as a resident Hawks fan on this podcast. What, what's the temperature over there at this point? Uh, no different than how I felt the first two games. Like, overall, like, I'm, I'm excited for this team. I'm still, you know, I'm still excited for this team. DeJounte Murray looks incredible. Like, that's it, that's the biggest takeaway. Like, he's just, I mean, you want to talk about a two-way player. Like, um, incredible. Like, he's just a really good, I didn't, I didn't know he was this good of a basketball player. If there are things I can criticize about him, I would like to either see him take more three-pointers or get to the free throw line a bit more on the offensive end. But it's hard to complain with his production. Like, he's, he's kind of, Mr. Do with everything and something the Hawks have needed from the, from a wing size player, you know, really since uh, the Joe Johnson era Hawks, like they haven't had this type. I mean, they haven't had this type of basketball play with this level of size, you know, do basically everything on the floor. So, I mean, still, there's still things he can improve on. Like, he, like I said, the, 
you do wish he shot a bit be a bit more aggressive with his three pointer uh three pointer and uh you know be just get to the not settle as much for these for these middies but like he's a good mid range shooter so it's you yeah. know it's it's kind of it's kind of that give and take where it's like I, I you you can only complain so much about a guy's you know offensive shot selection but like overall like he's been he's been excellent um we're not going to talk about DeAndre Hunter's contract I mean, we can if you want to. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess we have not done that on this podcast. We talked about it offline a little bit. And, like, by the way, just before we get to that, uh, I am not at all worried about Trey Young. We'll spend very little time on, on Trey on this podcast. I know he's been pretty bad for, by his standards for three games. I don't really care. Like, I'm not it's worried funny. about Trey. It's funny. The third game, he was actually really good. He, I mean, the shot still wasn't falling. But he was yeah, a lot he's just not making shots. It's he not, was a lot better than third game than the first two, but he still can't make an open. Like, he's not – his three-point attempts aren't – that difficult relative to the type of tense we're used to seeing him from. He's just not balls, just not going in for him. So he's also and, shooting 37% on twos. So yeah, far that's, this season. That's, now that's a bigger concern that, and that leads to the biggest issue of this team, which is just the lack of three point shooting. Oh, uh, really? Do they have a lack of three point shooting on no. a lack of spacing on this team? I, who, who would have possibly seen that coming? I don't know if that was a topic you know, over the you, summer. You trade Kevin Herter for for a draft pick and cap space. I feel like there might be a, a downside risk of why you get you know the holidays. I think the holidays have been fine, but you know offensively, clearly Trey Young is dealing with way more traffic and like the 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 Trey Young holidays, Jalen Johnson, Clint Capella lineups. I don't know what Trey Young's supposed to do there. Like, it's not, is it that surprising he's struggling with in his two point field goal percentage with that level of spacing that he's playing with? I, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that shocked. And I think, you know, I, you know, we, there's a lot of talks we're talking about right now, but like, <laughs> you know, I do think uh, that Bogey either needs to come back sooner, which I don't think is going to happen, or that like Nate's going to have to make a change in this rotation because. Uh, the shooting is not there, and like Trey Young's field goal percentage is suffering because of it. So maybe if he, you know, a certain, you know, Duke, uh, another Duke uh, uh, rookie uh, gets his chance, maybe, maybe, maybe that could change. But you know, there's there's a lot to get to, even though it's only been three games. So yeah, I mean, and the thing is, gen- general caveats apply. Like, no reason to like overreact to three games. Like, there's stuff that's notable. For sure, like the spacing stuff, I'm kind of making fun of it, but it has been pretty evident that the uh, the space on the floor is a little bit more constricted with the current roster. Um, I will say that the Trey lineups have actually still worked okay. It's been um, whenever Trey's off the floor, like they have a, I think it's a 90, yeah, 96 offensive rating with Trey off the floor, which is a familiar refrain. Obviously, it's been the case forever. Um, it's not like Murray's. I mean, Murray's going to help that a lot. I'm not worried about it. But the Murray bench lineups are even more challenged. Like, if you think about that, at least you have Trey on the floor with those groups that you mentioned, the Holiday, Jalen groups. If it's if it's Murray and those guys, there's even less spacing because at least Trey can shoot. And Murray can shoot, but not, not like Trey. Um, yeah, it's it's a challenge. We'll probably have our own Edge Griffin section on this podcast, I would imagine. But um, I don't know. You, said, you mentioned Hunter's contract. Do you want to get into that? Do you have any, you have any takes left? Uh... It's, been, it's been a week and a half at this point. I mean, no real, you know, I brought it up, but there's not nothing really to say. Like, I felt like if you're committed to the guy, you might as well just pay him now. Like, you're not going to get it. 
I mean, you saw, I mean, we saw how, you know, inflated the rookie contract extension market got, you know, even for non It's only going to go up too. It's only going to keep only, going up. It's only going to go higher just because, and it's like, if you're committed to DeAndre Hunter being the small forward, starting small forward for the foreseeable future, and none of their moves have suggested they, they have any other plan outside of DeAndre Hunter, you got to pay him. So, and it, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I was hearing Nate and John talk about it, and they were saying there's there's very little upside for the Hawks, but I felt like, I don't know, the opportunity cost. What else were they going to do? Like, it, it, it's, too, it's a two-pronged thing where there, there are no guys of DeAndre Hunter's size and skill level making mid-level. Like, that no. era is nobody's making the mid. If you're if you're a good basketball player, like if you if, if you even just have the skills of a good basketball player, like a Harrison Barnes type, at the I, three, especially like that, that's the thing about. I think it was Nate Duncan that said that. So he he did say that as a counterpoint. Like, look, the Cavs are a great example of this, and he used that example. Like, they've been looking for a mid level three for three years, and those guys don't exist. Like, if you're gonna if you want a starter at the three, you can't use the mid level. And maybe if you are already a contender, maybe if you're the Lakers, maybe you can maybe wield that and maybe get somebody like just to come to your ready-made team. But that's not going to be the case in Atlanta. What you know what I'm saying? Like the appeal. The 05 Lakers? Well, maybe the Heat or whatever you want to say it is. Like there's always there's always a a team out there that like maybe you get the discount because they're like a title contender. But no, it's it's it is what it is. Like I said it. I think I kind of see the lack of upside argument, but. I'm very committed to this and I believe it very strongly. If he has a good season and he looks pretty good so far, we talk about yeah. that. Um, if he has a good season, he would have gotten hundred million plus dollars. I have no doubt about it in my mind. Zero doubt in my mind. Zero. So yeah, I mean, cause it, it was just funny. Cause I'm just, you know, harping off their conversation. Cause it, they were then, you know, you move on to the Andrew Wiggins discussion. You know, he got his, you know, he, he got his money. They talk about how he took less. He did. And I you think, think about, I mean, <laughs> when you think about the quality of player Andrew Wiggins actually is, and it's like, yeah, he did take less than what he probably could have gotten because, like, like just that archetype of a basketball player, there's just so few guys. It's why the Sacramento Kings took Keegan Murray with the fourth overall pick. I, I it's, mean, it's why the Hawks drafted two of them in the same draft, just exactly. trying to find one. I mean, they, honestly, yeah, it would have been great if they hit on both Hunter and Reddish, but the whole – idea there is like hopefully one of these guys pops yeah and they're hoping hunter's gonna get there but yeah i mean we can sort of finish on hunter now how do you think he's looked i mean you have do you have thoughts i I think it's kind of been a little bit similar to previous years but he's been more more assertive he's shooting the ball well uh at the rim which is encouraging rebounding a little bit more which is good that's a nice little uh step forward we've seen it's like i think it's been it's been like a b plus so far in three games he's not been like incredible but he looks good to me only thing i'd criticize Really is I, I, I. You wish he was a bit more aggressive, outside of having calls specifically called for him. Um, I know they did that with the Hornets in the second half, where they just went, they called the DeAndre Hunter package five straight possessions or something, and, and I'm like, all right, why are we running the offense through DeAndre Hunter? I would like for DeAndre Hunter, if he wants to get his opportunities, to be more assertive by you know grabbing the defensive rebound or even just simply bringing the ball up the floor. Um, like, I think there's some, I think there's some stuff he can do at, as an individual to be more, you know, assertive on the offensive end, particularly, uh, you know, when they kind of needed somebody to step up on that side of the ball, even though, I mean, they, they were good offensively, but like 
they very clearly had some uh had some issues that I think he could have helped with. They they do tend to go through these spells when Nate is mismatch hunting um and looking for like in the Orlando game it happened too. Like right out of the gate, it was him against Terrence Ross, and they were like very obviously going at that matchup, which is probably the right thing to do. Terrence Ross is a bad defender, but like when it's not there, like when it's not that obvious, you know, uh, give it to Hunter situation, he's kind of he kind of disappears. But that's okay. I, I think it's okay if he's kind of a low usage guy in certain matchups too. Like it's not a big deal. He's been a little bit more decisive. I think the handle looks a little bit better. Part of that's probably health and the wrist and all that stuff. But like, I don't know. I think he looks the part of what I thought he was going to be. You know, anytime you sign a, a, an extension, there's this part of the fan base that's like thinking he's going to be this different player now, and he's not a different player. He's just hopefully better and healthier is what it is. But oh, like overall, it's, it, you know, it's a little to complain about. I feel like he's he's been kind of the good – this is the good DeAndre Hunter that the Hawks have gotten through three games. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can just stay healthy and be relatively consistent um, on both ends of the floor. I, you know, it, it's just – you wish he was a bit more dynamic defensively, you know, a, a bit yeah. – a bit more of a playmaker uh and uh, really on both ends uh, it was nice to see him ha- rack up the assists uh last game um all things considered cuz the they, but like even you know i think there's something that Glenn and uh Kevin actually talked about on their podcast and by the way if you're not listening to ATL and 29 you're a Hawks fan you are doing yourself a disservice they do like Agreed. They do incredible work of really getting into the meat and potatoes of the games and like of like you know the tactical aspects of the game. So if you're yep. a Hawks fan, you're not listening to that. You're you're doing yourself a big disservice. But they talked about how um, DeAndre needs to. Oh, I forgot my point. <laughs> I completely forgot. Oh, uh, it was something about DeAndre Hunter, and I and, I, and I'm with <laughs> one now. They. They said something. Uh, was, you, you, you were just trying to be too nice to Kevin. That's all. Yeah, it was. that's the problem. That's the problem. Oh, oh, my old co-host, Kevin. It's a, it's okay. Damn. No, Kevin, I, I, I will echo that. Kevin and Glenn are very smart, and I'm sure it'll come back up at some point. Um, all right. Before we get to some other stuff, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates that are available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs right now. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team. And they do it faster and for free. I've had to hire a few different times, actually, in the last couple of years. LinkedIn Jobs has been an awesome resource. It's very easy to use. And honestly, you can create a free job post at LinkedIn Jobs very quickly as well. They have high-quality candidates that you need to locate to make the best possible hire for you and your position. Then once you're set up, add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're actually hiring. LinkedIn Jobs also has simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates that actually have the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. You want to finish the year strong and finding the right team member is a key piece of doing just that. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires against leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and they help you to do it faster. Post your job for free at LinkedInJobs.com. Sorry, LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Tyler, let us get into something else, and that is uh, the reaction to Sunday's game. When my general point was they didn't play that well defensively, I didn't think, against the Hornets, but it was also kind of a like, 
very trademark NBA make or miss league kind of game when the Hornets made a bunch of shots and the Hawks made very few. Uh, did you see something different than that? I don't want to say it was all, it wasn't all that they had some issues like defensive rebounding wise was not good in the game. Um, but what did you make of the loss? Because, you know, a lot of focus on the first two wins and they weren't like the prettiest ones in the world, but then there was the predictable panic after the loss on Sunday. I mean, the Hawks are a transition team um, through their first, their, their best offensive flow happens when they, they grab the, when they get a stop either through a turnover or a defensive rebound they push the break and start their early offense because the half-court offense just hasn't been as crisp as what, what we've been used to um, from Trey Young and Hawks team. So, like, but the Hornets weren't missing shots. And when they were missing shots, the Hawks couldn't grab contested rebounds. Like, you know, I, I tweeted about this before coming on to the podcast, but uh, the bench had three combined rebounds. The entirety of the bench that includes Onyeka Kongo and Jalen Johnson, and yep. we, and like those, those were the three guys. Those were between them, they only had three rebounds, and nobody else. Aaron Holiday had zero. Justin Holiday had zero, uh, and even the you know the bench mob guys didn't have zero. But that was you know that was whatever time. But uh, uh, defensive rebounding might be an issue for this team if Jalen Johnson isn't going to be more assertive on the defensive side of the basketball floor. Cause like he's been pretty bad. Well, and that's one of the arguments for playing Jalen is his rebounding because like a Kongwu, while I think he will get better, is not going to be a plus defensive rebounder at center. I don't think this season that's conservative statement to make. I think, you know, there was this whole, uh, you wouldn't have seen this, but a lot of the reaction, especially like the comments and stuff replied to me was like to talk about like, we're, we're back to the to the not a true center thing with the Kongwu in some corners of the uh, of the Hawks fan base, and I get it. He's he's small, but I I, I don't worry about that. But yeah, but has got to rebound. But just an aside, like the defensive rebounding issues against the Hornets was not on the centers. No, I agree. They especially. were contested like every they were contesting so many shots because the perimeter defense was just giving up dribble penetration a bit too easy. Like that's just what was happening during the game. Yeah, uh, there were there was some like there was some weird positional stuff with both Congo and Capella. I thought where they were overplaying Plumlee, but I think that was a response to the Hornet shot making, where it was like, okay, we gotta cut off their oxygen somewhere on these uh, off screen pick, you know, off screen screening action. It like, was kind of like last year, actually. Yeah, like, the whole like they were basically asking Capella and Congo to just do way too much in terms of covering up for other guys. Like there was not a lot of resistance on the perimeter. Yes. And so what was happening, what was happening, like if John Collins wasn't in the game, it was just over. Like and that was, uh, that was, that was also indicative, like in, in the numbers too, you know, John wasn't great offensively yesterday, but defensively he was quite good. I thought like really? he was, I felt uh, like John at one point in the first half challenged basically every uh, like layup attempt the Hornets took. And like, he had three was, blocks in like six minutes too in the second quarter at one point. Like he was, he was like it, and aside like defensively, he's playing some incredible basketball. Like and he's getting like it's something that that he hasn't done is like he's getting his hands on a lot of basketballs, like getting steals, getting a lot of deflections. That's not something we're used to seeing from John. So that might be um, an indicator of the improved perimeter defense that the team has been playing overall. But like like the Hornets game, the perimeter defense regressed. That led to, to me, defensive breakdowns. And like I was saying, like Jalen's not taking ownership of his minutes. Like he's not, he's just not being an impactful basketball player. He's kind of just out there floating 
not where he's supposed to be, not causing havoc plays on defense and not playing with physicality on offense like too much. It's just too passive from from him. They the Hawks yeah. like compare compare his minutes to what even though AJ Griffin only played like five, like <laughs> it was really like what three or four competitive minutes. I think uh, it was about four and a half when he came and in. And yeah, like, and even then competitive, they were they were down but, twenty, but it came but, in. But, yeah, but even with that, he was playing with with Dejounte Murray and John Collins, and like he was taking yeah. ownership of of the game. Like he was getting it after it on defense. Uh, you know he he got. You know he got beat a couple times, but like you, you felt him physically on defense. Then on the offensive end, he was aggressive. He was aggressive with his shot taking, and he was also aggressive with his handle. Like he was looking for opportunities to score, um, looking you know to make an impact on the game. And that's something I kind of want to see more from Jalen. Like he's a better basketball player than what he's shown, but he's not playing with that force and that athleticism and that physicality that they really need. Like it's just too, like. It's it's just too much. I'm not, I'm I'm in the background for these other guys. Like he's got to be more assertive because right now John Collins is playing too many minutes, and Dejounte Murray is playing too many minutes. Like they just like I yeah. think through three games they're averaging like 37 plus minutes a night uh, from those two guys. And like, Nate's Nate's not going to fool around with that. I, I think there's pretty good signs Nate's going to push to win games by playing guys real minutes this year. Um, whether that's good or not is debatable. Of course, it might you'll, you'll win more, but also might tax your guys. Um, they haven't had any back-to-backs yet. They're finally going on the road now, so we'll see if that changes at all when they go on the road when they're not just going home every night. But yeah, I think the Jalen thing is a good point in that you know this is part of the concern last year and why they didn't play Jalen because he's not the guy necessarily that's the most plug and play. He has a pretty distinct skill set. Like you don't want him to be a, a super low usage guy on offense because a lot of his best skills are with the ball in his hands. And that's the kind of the trade-off. And it's kind of difficult because he's maybe not good enough to have the ball in his hands. And kind of like Trey and Murray, we talked about earlier, he's a guy that needs space around him too, because he's not the best shooter in the world. You got a non-shooting center next to him. I know Kongwu took a couple of jump shots yesterday, but he's still for now, mostly a non-shooter. Capella is a non-shooter. And like Jalen is, he's not the most like pick, picture perfect role player like he kind of needs some stuff molded to him which i like the talent we've, we've all talked about the talent a lot but off on offense right now i don't know what he does in the half court like they don't really have a plan for him in the half court offense. they need they need to have they need to have a come to like come together moment and be like okay if Jalen's going to be in the game he's got to at least bring the ball up the floor get him involved in the action early just so that he can get a feel for the flow of the action of the game because right now He's not like they're asking him to play the John Collins role, and he's like a completely different basketball player. And he can't, he also can't stand in the corner. He can't play the Gallo role either. He can't just be a floor spacer because he's not a good enough shooter. Like, you want him to shoot those shots. And I will say to his credit, he's taken a few, like, no hesitation, catch and shoot threes, and he's got to take those. But he's not a spot up guy either right now. So. You, want, you want him driving to, to the rim or catching, you know, lob opportunities or, you know, just being, you know, being the force that he is with his size and his handle. Um, that's what you want from him. But right now, you know, right now he's kind of just out there floating and he's not really getting involved in the action. And it's like noticeable because you're like, oh boy, how long can the Hawks go without John Collins on the floor? You know, it's just, uh, and that's like, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's an issue. Cause and like, I think J- Jalen's very obviously number nine of nine, like in terms of like Nate's trust level. I think he's played the fewest minutes in all three games of all the bench guys. Um, maybe he played more than Aaron yesterday. No, he didn't um, because of Griffith's minutes. But even then, he, 
even with Griffin taking some of Aaron Holiday's minutes in the fourth quarter, he's still Aaron Holiday still played more than Jalen did. So like I think they basically are using Jalen. It's only when John's off the floor. They're never playing together, which is not a surprise. But like with as much as John is playing, he's very much penciled into like that 12 to 14 minute a game role. And it's not like the worst thing to do. I think if you're trying to win and that's like your only goal, that's probably what he should be playing because John should be playing a lot of minutes. But do you want to grow him? Like, do you want to invest in him? That's the thing about Nate in general is like he's not a development guy. Like he's kind of said that. Like the time for development was over was, was the quote last year. It's like, okay, you got a lot of young players, Nate. You probably don't want to say that out loud. But um, yeah, I, I I do I hope that they kind of see that on film and maybe like, all right, we're gonna play Jalen and let's make it a little bit easier for him to like get some stuff going because you want him to have the ball more often. And we talked we've talked about it before, you and I, like maybe you give him the ball as more of a playmaker on a second unit sometimes like maybe yeah. you intend you intentionally let him handle more um and just kind of see where that leads you like murray's obviously a much better option but on that second unit you could argue he's the second best creator i know aaron holiday has the ball in his hands some but like jalen's got a lot of creation equity and aaron's more of a plug and play guy well here's the thing he's playing most of his minutes alongside trey young though yeah you know, if we're being with, 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 with the way they staggered it like the, the last way, couple with, games yeah the first game not as much but the last two for sure. They're very clearly like John Collins and DeJounte Murray are the pairing uh, that goes to the second unit, try to uplift that second unit bench lineup. And so, like, I, I, to me, it's like, even if all Jalen is doing is token bringing the ball up the floor, like, let's just do that. Uh, you know, just so that he can, you know, move around and get into the flow of the game. Because right now, he's just standing in the corner, not doing anything, not having any real impact on the game. So, that's something, but like the bigger issue to me with Jalen is his defense. Like he's just not where he's supposed to be on the floor. It's very yeah. obvious when John Collins leaves the floor that defensive breakdowns where they're coming from, where the help isn't coming from with Jalen in particular. And like to me, it's like he's got to be more assertive on the defensive side of the floor. Like he's like like one one rebound from him last game. That's inexcusable. Like, and he's and he's happen. got a rebound too. That's he that's has the thing. To, like, simply has to rebound. Like he has to. Uh, because like you you look at this roster, the good rebounders outside of your centers are Dejounte Murray and John Collins, and like nobody else is going to grab a contested rebound except you, Jalen. So he's got to he's got to be more impactful on the end of the floor, and we've seen it from him. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like if I'm not in part of like he's a young basketball like that's what the thing with young basketball players if they're not in part of the flow of the offense. The defense is what wanes. That's just like that's just how it goes with with a lot of these young guys. So, hope, hopefully, he can get more of a footing on both sides of the floor because they 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 need him. Like they, they you do. know, it's, it's, we going back to the DeAndre Hunter at the four. <laughs> no, they might they might do that. I mean, and I uh, I'm going to ask you about AJ in a second, but that's one of the ideas that's been kind of out there. I'll sort of tease that for uh, when we come back from this uh, next break. But uh, we will have some AJ Griffin discussion. I promise you, everybody, and some lineup stuff and some overall looking ahead to the road trip as well. But first, our last break on the podcast to hear from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Football season is ongoing here in late October, and Bet Online is the number one source for all the pro and college football betting needs and everything else that you're looking for this season. Find all the latest developments and game matchups and the news and the podcast you're craving at Bet Online. That includes all the stuff that you need for the weekend slate that is upcoming. And Bet Online also has the wagering information, including live betting and esports and live scores that you're looking for. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to consume all of the sports that you have interested in. Of course, if you listen to this podcast, you are definitely an NBA fan and a Hawks 
fan, and there's plenty to focus on in that space as well. They have game lines and props every single night, and future bets are still available on who's going to win the East and the West and the NBA title, player award stuff, and more. And beyond the NBA, but online has odds and lines on college sports and baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing. They have soccer, entertainment bets, and much more. Head to bet online right now on your mobile device or on your computer to learn more about all the trends and the action in the sports world. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Tyler. Uh, so the AJ Griffin thing has been discussed a lot. It's probably the number one topic on Hawks Twitter right now that I've seen people asking me repeatedly to like follow up with Nate on this and see what, you know, he, he did get asked kind of about it. It was kind of just a general rotation question that I played the audio for everybody on Sunday night. He basically said our nines are nine. And he did say, you know, AJ was, they, they tried him on uh, in the fourth quarter for some juice that's been a topic going back to the summer about like maybe with bogey out, they're going to have to play Jalen and maybe they're for, sorry to play AJ and they're maybe they'll be forced to do that. Um, what do you make of that? Because for me, there are probably only two options for this. I want to know what you think. I, I, some Hawks fans that I've seen have focused on um, AJ Griffin versus Justin holiday. And that is not the discussion I think needs to be had because Justin holiday is going to play. Justin holiday is better than Aaron holiday at basketball. And I think it's really more likely that they go to an AJ instead of Aaron holiday. And honestly, it'd be more likely that they play Aaron over Jalen, uh, AJ over Jalen. Just because yeah, yeah. if you do that, you kind of, you kind of slide hundred of the four Justin's slight, but he's played a little bit of four in his career. Um, and if you're just going like basketball players, Nate trusts, uh, you can argue against this. I'm not saying this is the right thing. I think Nate's going to default to the guys he trusts more. I'm not sure Jalen's on that list. Um, so I wonder what you think of like all those options. Cause like I, I do think that they should try AJ Griffin at some point, just for, just for the like the offensive shoot, shoot the, the shooting stuff is just so very obvious to me. They don't have enough of it in the second unit, but he's still a rookie, and there's the whole. Business I mean, there. yeah, but like the fourth quarter felt like the you know beginning the fourth quarter with a guy who hasn't played like AJ Griffin went from not playing to all right. Clearly, I have to try something on offense because. Right now, we're, we're, we're down 20 and we have to try to do some variance and push so it. Like, and let's, go get, ahead. let's get AJ Griffin in there. And like offense has been the issue. And it, I'm like, to me, you need shoot like this team needs somebody who's a, a drop dead knockdown three point shooter, a guy who's willing to take three pointers as well. Like, you know, you, you sent me like uh, the shot, shot chart of what the Hawks were taking. And like, it's pretty bad. Like, it's a lot of mid rangers. It's not a lot of stuff at the rim. And, like, my, my thought was, like, one, it's probably going to regress, you know, during like they did this last year to start the season where they took – Yeah, it will. And, like, it'll regress. But also, it's an acknowledgement of the quality of shot takers that you have on the team. Like, it's not like you don't have good jump shooters, but you have a bunch of guys who – like, A.J. Griffin is a guy who will space 28 feet from the three – like, 28 feet from the rim compared yep. to John Collins and DeAndre Hunter who are foot-on-the-line three-point shooters. And, and like, Justin, Holiday, Justin Holiday is the same thing. Justin Holiday, they, they, they're asking Justin Holiday to be their best shooter on that unit, and that's not what you want. Like he can shoot. Justin Holiday is an adequate NBA wing shooter. He'll take them when he when he's open. He'll make enough of them, but like he can't be your best shooter, and he is on that second unit. It's that's not where you want. That's well, not what you want. So I think to me, like, all right, we're gonna have to sacrifice because I, I mean, I still like Aaron. Like in a vacuum, I like Aaron Holiday as a basketball player. I'd probably like him more. However, if he played alongside some actual shooting and it's right. like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like we got a team full of drivers 
like Aaron Holiday and the, the Aaron Holiday Dejounte Murray lineups probably need to go because they're too similar. Um, like they 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 operate in the same spaces to me. Oh, so like to me, I'm like let's let's help these Dejounte Murray led second units by getting a real space on the floor with AJ Griffin and, and like this is not even a a matter of like this isn't this is even me like I want to see young guys. This is more of like just the skill that AJ Griffin has compared to everybody else on this team. He's the only guy we got. Like until you know Bogey and like we don't know when Bogey's coming back. So like from my vantage point, I'm like and, and like if you're willing and like to me, I I feel like Nate's I wouldn't be and I felt like this before Game Three. Like I thought there was a chance that AJ could play even. Uh, over over even Jalen uh, game three because the Hornets play a smaller lineup. Granted, they really needed Jalen to step up on the defensive glass because that's where they, to me, they lost the game on the defensive glass. Like they just couldn't, outside of John and, and DeJounte Murray, nobody could grab contested rebound. But like, so like Jalen probably still has to play just because you need that size. So like, all right, we got to get shooting we got to insert shooting somewhere into this line. And like AJ to me would really help the game be a bit more easier for everybody else. If we just have a guy who teams are scared of, because that's the problem. Like nobody is scared of the, these DeJounte Murray lineups on offense outside of transition buckets in the half court, because it's just a bunch of mid range is it's a bunch of guys shooting mid range or, or it's like John Collins pick and roll. Okay. He swings it to Justin Holiday. Like teams will live with Justin Holiday taking spot up three point shooting. They're gonna, they're gonna have to too. I mean, I, and like it's too early for me to care too much about this. But three games in, the guys with the worst on off numbers are Aaron Holiday and Jalen Johnson. Yeah, and that's backed up if you watch the games. Like the, they've been the two worst players for the Hawks this year. It's pretty obvious to me. So. Yeah, I think if I had to choose what they should do, matchup independent, let's just say a random opponent, I would I would try AJ over Aaron Holiday in the next game. And maybe they'll do that. And maybe it won't be all the time. Like Nate's been married to this nine and he kind of gave a pretty defiant answer about those nine after the game last night. But maybe with some more film, he changes that. Um, and maybe he goes to 10 some. Like there's no reason he can't play 10 guys. Like Nate's been willing to play 10 or 11 guys at times. It's happened last year. He was probably playing too many guys last year at times. Um, so maybe that's what it is too. But I think that they need to kind of actively plan some minutes for AJ Griffin. Um, and not, and you know, I am not the guy ever that's like calling for rookies. Like he's not going to save the day. He's still a rookie. Like I don't think he's going to be, you know, transcendent player right now. But the shooting stuff is really concerning. And look, Bogey would solve a lot of these issues. We talked yep. about it a lot. If they had Bogey, it'd be a lot easier. I mean, Brad, you can see the that's that's big picture. That's kind of what's exciting about this team, right? You see, boogie. <laughs> you see the uh, Dejounte Murray, Bogdan Bogdanovich, John Collins lineup. That's that's going to do some damage against second units. I but the problem agree. is, the problem is right now is Dejounte Murray, John Collins, and if they're not getting it in transition, it's just too easy to get those guys to settle for mid-range jumpers because that's what's available to them. So, like, to me, let's get – I, you know, I tweeted that before the game. I was like, how long can Nate go without, you know, playing A.J. Griffin? Because it's – I mean, it, the three-point shoot, three point shooting volume and three-point sh- um, 
shooting percentage are clearly the canary in the coal mine. Like they're not, they're not taking enough three pointers and they're not making them. So like, let's get our best three point shooter out there on the floor, play him more. And maybe if you get, and like to my thing is you get AJ Griffin out there. He's so obviously going to help your offense in such a way that you can probably reduce the minutes minutes of your DeJounte Murray's and your Trey Young's. So you're not playing them 38 every every game. But they, I mean, game, they might do that anyway. <laughs> I mean, they might do that anyway, but I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, you give yourself a wider margin of error because, hey, now we're making our three-point shots. Now we're getting these big leads. We're demoralizing these teams because we are still getting stops on defense. Uh, even with AJ Griffin on the floor, because he's playing with he's playing with Dejounte Murray, he's playing with John Collins, he's playing with a Yaka Collins, Clint Capella, et cetera, et cetera, Justin Holiday. Like he's playing with good foundational, you know, lineups. Even if Trey, he, he has to, he's going to be playing alongside Trey Young as well. But like, let's let's just get let's just I just want to see it because I I feel like I mean preseason included, he's looked really like just. Outside of anything, he's looked really good. Like he looks like he knows what he's doing on the offensive end. Um, yeah. and it's it's very like it's very for a is he is he nineteen? Like I think he's I think he's still nineteen. 19. I'm looking I'm looking now, but yeah, I think he's still nineteen. He might I, he might be twenty nine. No, 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 no. I I'm pre. He was oh, he's, he's nineteen. He just turned yeah, nineteen. Just I had it in my head. I, I kept calling him an eighteen year old all summer, and then he suddenly turned nineteen. I had to forget that, but not yet. Yeah, he's he, he just no, turned nineteen. Him and Jalen Duran were the two youngest guys in the draft, so it's like. Oh, also, uh, to your point earlier, by the way, I just found this. Um, I'm going to have you guess. Can you guess what the Hawks currently rank in transition frequency offensively? How often they're in transition? Is it 65%? They are. The Hawks are number one in the NBA. Last year, they were 24th. The year before that, they were 20th. But they've been so bad in the half court that people haven't really noticed this yet because, like, the numbers don't look great offensively. But but it's crazy, like, how good they've been in transition – and how often they've been in transition, that's that's the Murray effect. That's the Crane turnovers effect. And some opponent stuff, too, like Houston kicked the ball around the entire game. But, like, it's a different team offensively in a lot of ways. They, and that's what's they're exciting. Like, they're getting easy points in transition. It's just the half-court offense has been bad. That's why we're we're going, like, hey, AJ just kind of probably needs to play until Bogey's healthy. But, like, but They have overall, an 89 offensive rating in the half-court. That's not gonna work, man. Like they got, they got to figure some stuff out. But we know, but we know Trey Young has a track record. Like, of course, we know yeah. this is going to get better. We know during the season that number Certainly. is going to going to go up, and like they're going to yes. become the dominant offensive team that we expect them to be on the offensive end. I'm not, I'm not that worried about their half court offense, but it's just like to me, it's just very obvious they have a spacing issue, and it would help if AJ Griffin played. But like macro, like it. The way they're getting shots in transition, I mean, John Collins had another full court opportunity, like where he got fouled. Like, I think it was off a steal or something, and like against the Hornets, where he drove the ball all the way to the front of the rim and got like. Yeah, how how about how about your guy coast to coast a couple times already this season? Just like grabbing going. Like that's two more times than he's done throughout all his career. career. (laughs) Like that's that's different, and that's. And maybe the, you know the new transition fouls might be helping the Hawks in that regards. Like it teams is. Aren't, aren't teams they've, are they've mentioned that too. They, they've 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 acknowledged that. Like I think they've also smartly played into it to where like Nate's got. I mean Nate's got a reputation for playing for kind of being a grinder. He's got them playing. He's trying to push them, and he said it 
Like DeJounte is loves to grab and go. They've got this mindset now to push it. And that's the right thing to do. I think in my mind, especially with, uh, you know, they've got a lot of runouts. I mean, I'm sure you notice this too. A lot of like one on zero fast breaks that might've been stopped by those, by those take fouls. And they've, they've just been pushing it down people's throats, which is good because it's kind of offset the half court stuff. But I don't know. I, I'm with you. I think overall, I don't worry about the offense. Like it's not been good. We've kind of picked it apart a little bit on this podcast and they have a one way offensive rating. That's not going to get it done, but between Trey getting better between they'll find some more balance on the second unit. Um, maybe you throw AJ in there and eventually Bogey's going to come back. That'll help a lot too. I'm not worried. It's just trying to, we're talking, we're trying to talk about what's happened so far and what it looks like. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of clearly the issue, but like, yep. I mean, overall, they're playing good back. Like, to me, they're playing good basketball, like, especially defensively. Like, it's very last game aside, but even last game, like, I it was it was basically two quarters in the yeah. Charlotte game. Uh, their numbers for the season again, it's it's a three game sample size, but they're I think they're in the top 10 defensive rating right now. Some of that's maybe adjusted for playing three bad opponents, but yeah. but it's the beginning. Of the they, they've played one, fine defensively, generally speaking. Like, to me, one, it's the beginning of the season, and two, like. Every team is going through some random struggle they don't expect to be going through throughout, throughout a full 82. It's October. <laughs> but, like, to me, like, they're playing, like, their their process on defense is a lot better. Like, they're, they're walling guys off consistently. They're getting their hands on basketballs, and that's just making th- – it's them causing so many turnovers is making life so much easier for this team. If they can clean up the defensive glass when John Collins is off the floor – I think that's kind of like if we want to talk about a sneaky problem is that when DeJounte Murray and John Collins are off the floor, somebody has to step up as a rebounder. And, you know, a Congo got to be better. Uh, Capella has to be better. Like Capella's not. I mean, he's challenging shots, but like he's not. He's. He could probably be a bit better, but like overall, like they're 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 challenging so many shots or. Or, you know, they need somebody else to help them on the glass. And so, like, I'd like to see, you know, Hunter's been better. I'd like to see more from him. But just overall, like, they, they got to be – if they want to be the team they want to be defensively, like, they can just clean up the defensive glass issues. I think they they have a chance to be really good. But, um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, we will they, see. Really need, they really need Jalen to step up, though. Like, that, to me, like, we want to – In a lot of ways. I mean, rebounding – Defensive execution, a little bit more just on offense. Because like, if they were to stay with the nine they've been using and not go to Griffin, one of the ways to kind of paper over the shooting is to maybe put the ball in Jalen's hands more. I do yeah. think that's that's an idea. If they want to, if they for some reason don't trust Griffin yet, um, he's a rookie and all that. Um, I'm not advocating that, but if they want to, if they want to stay with these nine, I do think that using Jalen more on offense would be uh, a smart decision. So that and run more action for Collins. Um... Just you always, but you, listen. You always want more action for Collins. You're always going to want that. It is what it is. But he's been good so far. I mean, he 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 obviously missed a bunch of shots on the game on Sunday, but he's still shooting even even with a three of twelve game. He's shooting fifty five percent from the floor, um, and averaging nineteen and ten so far. So a, a strong start for perpetually on the trade block. John Collins still playing well. Yeah, good basketball player. Weird. Uh, it's shocking. I, you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's almost as if he's very good at basketball, and. Uh, Travis Slate keeps getting lucky and not trading him. Uh, the funniest thing is that he and DeAndre Hunter are making similar money moving forward. Um, and John Collins is quite a bit better than DeAndre Hunter at basketball. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. You know it is what it is. 
It's the tax allegations that we have to do all the, uh, all the, everything, everything comes comes back to John Collins on this podcast when you and I talk and uh, yeah, they could also, I mean, I, I kind of needled this a little bit on Twitter today, but uh, you know, who would really help them right about now Uh, outside of bogey, who would obviously help them, but they could probably use Kevin Herter. They could use DeLon Wright as well. Well, that too, and those and those were both tax avoidance moves because they could have they could have paid DeLon whatever they wanted to bird rights, baby, and they didn't want to do it. So, uh, at the end of the day, when you were making decisions based on ducking the luxury tax, you were uh, making yourself worse sometimes. And that's just and, and happened, so. it goes back to like okay, if you if you're not going to pay those guys and you're going to let them go for tax purposes, then you got to play your young guys. I mean, that's just yeah, and they and I mean it's it's kind of it's so conflicting because they. I thought did a good job. If they did a good job working around the tax constraints, I thought. Yeah. Now I hate the tax constraints. Like that's not that's not acceptable. But if your owner says we will not going to we're not going to pay the tax this year, you have to do what the owner says and you get under. And if, through that lens, they did a pretty good job, I thought, in making their team um, with that with that constriction. But you're right. Like when your only remaining shooter in a non bogey world is Edgy Griffin. You got to get over the fact that he's 19 years old and just throw him out there. So, you know, it's funny. I'm. I wonder if they pay the tax if the Warriors' tax bill wasn't so high, though. The Warriors and That's the Clippers. The, the Warriors, Clippers are up there too, man. It's They're a right lot there. of mo- it's a lot of money to pass up as somebody. Who I, I tried to I tried to say that. Like, that I understand. Like, is as a businessman. Sure. I understand why they're not paying the tax. It's just you're going to have games like. Where right. you very clearly need somebody from the bench to step up, and we're relying on Justin Holiday to be that guy. Like that's just not going to do it. So no. So it's so it's like it, I am pro Justin I mean, Holiday. Herder's looking, Herder's looking incredible for the Kings. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate <laughs> Kevin Herder continues to play for basketball teams that ask him to guard threes, threes and fours for some reason. Like it's just like I was watching the game. I think against the Clippers. He had to guard Marcus Morris. I'm like, why is he guarding Marcus Marcus they Morris? No one else. Is I'm like, oh, because Keegan Murray has to guard Paul George, and then it's like they have Darren Fox uh, and Davion Mitchell on the floor at the same time with some bonus. I'm like, oh god, like Kevin Hart <laughs> is just never gonna avoid uh, that. He's a bad defender if he's having to guard guys exactly punch size. So it's just. Context is important. Uh, all right, we've we've gone into lots on Kevin Herter territory. Let's move on now. Uh, but Tyler, thank you for all the time. Um, we usually go even longer than this, but you and I both have things to do at this particular moment, so we're cutting it off here. But anything to uh, plug, anime wise, Twitter wise, what's going on in, in the world right now? Ooh, boy, Bleach is so good, man. You always have recs for people, and people. I have no uh, idea what you're talking so, about ever. But no, so my recommendation is. Um, Go watch Bleach. Uh, it, it's back. It was a 10 year, 10 years gone. Uh, 10 years. That's a long time. But Bleach is back, and like they're going to finish the story. They're going to finish the, uh, you know, the, the canon plot line. So that, that's exciting for us, you know, Bleach fans who've been waiting, you know, a decade for it to be animated. So, and like it, it's just, I, you know, I, I finished my rewatch of the original, the original series, and it's just really good. Like I just, I can't believe that um, I can't believe it got canceled and I can't believe like we were so down on bleach because of things outside of tight Kubo's control. You have no idea what I'm talking about, Brad. I understand, but like, I'm I don't, just, it's okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm, talking just you ones, I'm talking to the real ones who understand what I'm talking about. I'm with you. Like, uh, 
like Bleach is incredible. So, and it's a, it's a great, you know, it's a great anime season. Like there's a lot of good stuff out there. Chainsaw Man, everybody's hyped about Chainsaw Man. Spikes family still great. Mob Psycho 100 is back too. Like it's it's just a it's a great time to be a fan of animes. And like Hunter Hunter is back too uh, on the manga front. And like you know, I'm hyped about that. So I'm I'm giddy. I'm giddy. I, I I know Brad doesn't care about any of this. You know, he don't think he's ever watched the Top Gun. So I did watch that. That was good. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed talking about Eric. I watch stuff. I I just watch a lot of sports because it's part of the it's part of the thing. Man, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta watch a football. I, I gotta watch Patriots, Patriots, uh, Bears tonight as we're recording this on Monday. You don't so. have to, but I have know, to for work. Paycheck, if I really do. Paycheck, you, you, you have to. I watch know, it. it's not, it's not gonna be fun. Man. All right, man. Well, Justin thank Fields, you. man, I'm, I'm praying for you, brother. Yeah, local, local guy, Justin Fields, not going very well. Oh, says, listen, maybe he had a great game because people are not gonna, not gonna, not gonna hear this until, until Tuesday. So maybe he had a great game tonight. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I'm he, this podcast he threw, threw for two hundred yards. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired at former UGA product, Justin Fields. All right, Tyler, thank you for joining me on the show. If you want to follow Tyler, he might let you at Josie2x4 on Twitter. He is protected, but he will maybe let you through the gates at some point. As for everybody else, follow the show on Twitter at Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. We'll have Tyler back on in the very near future, I'm sure. Subscribe to the show, and we'll see you all next time.